0: This morning, we're talking about come and follow. We talked about come and see last week. This is a model from Bill Hull's Jesus Christ, the disciple maker. And it's a practice and it's a methodology about how to do discipleship. How to make disciples. So this morning, I have a question. How many of you like The Price is Right? Anybody? Anybody out there love The Price is Right? Okay, fantastic. I need a guy that likes The Price is Right. You're going to have a chance to come play The Price is Right. And I promise you, there's some good prizes. But we've got to do this quick. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time. Anybody? Anybody? A guy? A guy? Michael, come on up. Michael, Camillary, come on up. Okay, so Michael... This is the way that the game works. Often what happens is that you can win, and and let's just say, hey, hands off, slow down, partner. A lot of times what happens with the game, we don't have time to go through all of it, but let's just say that you got the price right, and so I hand you this envelope, and you may choose to open that envelope for what is in it, or you can go for door number one, door number two, or door number three. The man just gave up what was in here. So go ahead and open that up. Let's see what you sacrificed. Tough choice, wasn't it? He just went for door number three right away. He didn't even hesitate. There's no excruciating pain. And I get my ten dollars back. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate your choice. I'm gonna eat lunch today. Well, let's see what was in door number one. It was this fountain pen. You could have won this fountain pen. It's about worth 1095. So you would have been up 95 cents. Door number two was $50 off to the men's fishing retreat at Hume Lake. Door number three. Now remember how fast you picked this choice. Yes, yes. The crowd can say whatever the crowd wants. But the decision, the choice rests here. Let's see what you won. Door number three. Yes, you got fame! You are now famous for being up here today. Thank you for playing The Price is Right, Michael. Give him a big hand. Wow. And who says you don't win at Concord Bible Church? Uh, Michael, you have option for door number two. I'm not in charge of that. Our men's director right here, John Clary, has told me, my producer, just said, you actually chose door number two. We all heard three, but it sounds like two. So you have that as your option. This morning we're talking about come and follow. And I've got three things that I want to share with you about choices. You know, when it comes to this idea of following Christ, it moves one from the casual observer to a true believer. That's why I say this sermon may be the single most important one you hear all year. I really truly want you to just throw away every aspect, all the history that's in this room of all the things you've done for Jesus. And I want you to imagine you're standing before Him today, and you've got to answer these questions. And by the end of this sermon, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. And we're going to offer you that choice. And by the way, it's not what's behind door number one, door number two, door number... We're going to make it real simple. There's either this choice or this choice. And we're going to look at two examples today as to people that made choices out of Scripture. So this morning, again, you've heard our theme verse. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is our theme verse for the year. And we're really working off of this concept as we move through. Today, we're going to look at two characters. But as we speak about choices, let's start with an odd choice. Have you ever, some of you may have just said, Michael, why didn't you just keep the envelope? How many of you would have kept the envelope? Raise your hand. One, two, three. Now, if you didn't know there was $10 in there, would you have kept the envelope? You're that person. You would have played it safe, huh? But you didn't know what was even in the envelope, did you? So sometimes we make odd choices. This morning, we're talking about choices when it comes to our spiritual life. So let's examine this, and let's examine it through two lives today. Number one, following Jesus requires more than you have. Would you ever bet against yourself? Sometimes we would, because we don't have a very high view of ourselves. If I'm going to race, the the very first month I was here, I experienced one of the traditions of Concord Bible Church. It's our turkey bowl, and I had just come out of 22 years of youth ministry, and so Peter Bedros was still. I think he was a freshman in high school, and uh, some of you were there. And I thought I'd try to connect with him a little bit and, and relate to the younger guys. And so I said, Peter, um, you want to race me? And he's like, Wait a minute, this pastor thinks he's going to take me in a race. I don't know what he was thinking. But he said yes, and I don't know. It was very close. It was very close. I wish there was a photo finish. But you know what? That race required more than what I had, if I was going to win it. I didn't have what it needed. I didn't have what it took to win that race. You know, that's one of the things that we have to make a choice when it comes to Christ and following Christ. Is it... To choose to follow Christ, not observe Him. That was last week. But to follow Him, we really don't have what it takes to make that choice. And I'll explain that in a little bit. Let's look at the rich ruler. How many of you uh, experienced the Powerball fever this past week? Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. Because we're talking about an odd choice and beating the odds. Let's look at this story. You can turn to Luke 18. Luke 18. Um, 18 through 23 in your Bibles. Does anybody need a Bible? Raise your hand if you would like a Bible. We've got some Bibles that we can hand out or pass out. Okay. So Luke 18. We're going to start in verse 18. And to begin with, we'll go to verse 23. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, what? Follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad. For he was extremely rich. This morning, there's a few people in our nation that are richer today. How many of you would have loved to have had those numbers for Powerball? My son showed me... Yeah, there's four honest people in the room. My son showed me how one person had all the numbers... But every single number was just one digit short. It's like if the number was 8, first number, his number was 7. The next number was 24, his was 23. And, And just that would frustrate me to no end. So that's why I don't play these silly games. Right? But you know, how many people followed this and made the choice to commit their money to it? A lot. A lot. For the hope of what? Of earthly treasure. And what did Jesus just tell the rich ruler about earthly treasure? And so let's let's go back and look at that this morning. You know, the issue is beating the odds. And those who play the Powerball, probably in their mind, they're thinking, you know, if I just buy enough tickets, that gives me what? Better odds. You know, actually it doesn't. I heard that this week. I don't know how that works because I'm just, you know, it's the new math. And I'm no good at that. So... Beating the odds, impossible becoming possible. What does that mean? Well, let's get back into the scripture and look at it this morning. Let's continue with what happened here with this rich guy who said, hey, I've got all of this done. Just like the guy who had all those numbers. But guess what? He was just one short on every single number. That's who we're talking about today. That's who we're talking about. And guess what Jesus says? Hey, great job, you've done all those things, but here's one thing you've got to do. You want eternal life, you want the ultimate prize. You've got to follow me. You've got to follow me. And what that means is you have to take everything that you have and give it away. All your monetary resources and give it away. And so what was the end of this story? Well, you see it, look in your scriptures, Pick it up in verse 24. Jesus, seeing that He had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? That's a great question. Now watch what happens. This is, this is beautiful. But He said, What? What is impossible with man is possible with God. You see, this is an impossible choice. How do you like your odds now when it comes to following Jesus? You see, a lot of us play it safe, and we would rather hold on to the very thing that's keeping us from Christ. Because that, even with all of its troubles, all of its difficulties, that I can handle more than the unknown. Right? Right? But we'll never share in that wealth. We'll never share in that blessing. Because look at what Jesus says. And here's the beauty of it. Peter, you know, the ambassador of truth and wise sayings in Scripture. Peter says, see, we left our homes and we what? We followed you. We did it. We did it. And so what does Jesus say? And He said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one... Who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Here it is. Here's your Powerball winnings, folks. Here is beating the odds. Right here. Who will not receive many times more in this time and the age to come eternal life. Jesus' words. You follow Christ. You are going to receive multiple times over What you could do on your own in this time and in heaven. Now, am I throwing some prosperity gospel at y'all? Because if you just give more, I'll throw out some more to you. How was that? That's about as good as I can get on that level. God, please don't strike me dead. That is not, and that's what prosperity gospel cites... That is not prosperity gospel. He's not talking about having more, more, more. By the way, we we know this because the rich ruler went away. What? What was his demeanor? What was his attitude? He was sad. But he certainly was rich. You see, what Jesus calls as far as a blessing, as far as what we'll finish today, we're talking about unlimited grace. This blessing, this, is not necessarily related to money. It can be. It can be related to resources and provision and what you need, but it's so much more. And if you've tasted of that, say amen. So let's look at this and let's break it down. It's an impossible choice. So, following Jesus Christ, we have to lose to win. So really, the, uh, the idea here is that you've got to start with, when you're, when you're going to follow Jesus Christ, it's a choice that's odd. It's a choice that's odd because it's going to require you to give up something. It's also a choice that's impossible. You heard Jesus say that this is impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible, right? So let's look at it. Let's take that idea, that's your next point, is that it's an impossible choice. You know, Jesus said these words twice, once in John 6 and and, uh, uh, in verse 70, and then in 15, verse 16, and... He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. So when we talk about choices, when we talk about impossible choices, in the natural man, there's nothing within us naturally that would want to choose Christ. That's why it's impossible. Our natural man wants to focus on what we can do, but yet those odds aren't good odds. When we follow Christ, we have to make a choice to lose. It's just like Michael. He had to make a choice to give up $10, not knowing what it was necessarily, but for what? The chance for something better. And he got fame. He got fame. Uh, my screen just went off back there. I don't know why. So I'm going to look over here. So an impossible choice. Don't worry about it because it'll probably shut these off. Um, Zacchaeus had to lose to win. So let's go. And here's the fascinating thing. You have the story of the rich ruler. And now what does Luke do? I don't know that these stories chronologically match up perfectly. But Luke told them in chronology. You see, he's comparing two men that were very rich. Because my thought, my thought of following Christ and making choices to go there is that, well, if you're rich, because Jesus said it, if you're rich, it's impossible, isn't it? If you're rich, it's impossible because why would you need God? I once had somebody that I'm very close with tell me that he just refuses to talk to people who have so much about Christ because they're, they could care less. They don't need God. And I felt like, boy, you're missing it. Now, he's got a point that those who are desperate and need God and they're not filling themselves up have a more inclined ear towards God. But this point, this story, I think he had forgotten about was Zacchaeus. So let's look real real quickly with Luke 19, this story that's just on the back end of the story of the rich ruler. Now the story of the rich ruler ended what? Sadly. But Jesus gave a promise. Secondly, let's look at Zacchaeus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, meaning the crowds and the Pharisees and those that had come out to see Jesus, right? Come and see. It says when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Who's this Jesus guy? Of all the people he could have hung out with, he chose this really bad, bad guy. By the way, Zacchaeus, it's a short story. Thank you. That's the only one you're going to get today. But it reminds me, you know, he came to see, did he not? And he couldn't because there were crowds there to see Jesus. Yet Jesus chose Zacchaeus. Here he has this interaction with this rich man and he he says from his own words, it's harder for a rich man to go to enter into the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. And I won't get into the explanation of that, but... The point you need to walk away with is it's almost impossible. And yet he's walking through Jericho. Hundreds have come out to see him, maybe thousands, who knows. And this little, little guy who's really, really rich climbs up into a tree so he could see Jesus, demonstrates some passion to see who Jesus is. And what happens? Out of all the people that Jesus chooses to engage with, it's that guy. It's that guy. So let's look at why this is important. It says, so he hurried he came down and received him joyfully. and, And the crowd grumbles. And it says, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come into this house. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Great ending to this story. But you know what? Here's the challenge is that this was an impossible choice. It was an impossible choice. And yet because Jesus chose Zacchaeus and chose to engage with him, something happened here. Where Zacchaeus says what by his own words? I choose to lose everything I have amassed. Well, that's a bit superfluous, isn't it? He didn't say everything. He said, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Isn't it interesting? What did Jesus ask the rich ruler to do? To take what he had, give everything to the who? To the poor. I don't know that Zacchaeus was standing in that crowd when that little interaction happened. But here his response is voluntary. We don't have any words of Jesus asking him to do it like he did the rich man. But when Jesus asked the rich man, it's too odd of a choice to make. And yet what happens just because of being with Jesus and because Jesus chose to interact with him, Zacchaeus moves from being a casual observer into a follower. And how do we know this? Because he chooses to lose what he has amassed. We in the church struggle with 10%. With giving 10%. And we say we know that same sweet Jesus. Look at this man. He says, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. And oh, by the way, because who you are shows me light and shows me righteousness and truth, there are a ton of people out there that I have ripped off. And so I'm going to go to them and I'm going to pay them back fourfold. Jesus never asked him to do that. And yet, did you catch a sense of excitement by Zacchaeus? He didn't hem and haw about it. He didn't weigh his options. He didn't say, I'm going to pray about this. You see, he decided to become a follower of Jesus. And when you're a follower of Jesus, it creates radical response and commitment. He says, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Come and see does not make a disciple. The Luke 18, 20-21 is that passage where it, of the rich ruler where it says that he walked away sad. That is a come and see. That is a casual Christian. That is an observer. And our churches are filled with observers, spiritually. I'm here to observe Christ. I'm here to participate with Christ. But I'm not ready to lose in order that I might win. Consumer Christians are simple tempires. They have no benefits. And that brings us to our last point this morning. It's a faith choice. It truly is a faith choice to follow Christ. And this morning, you are facing that choice. Wrestle, consider, were you willing to lose everything? Are you now willing to lose everything? Does Christ own it all? By the way, that's not how Christ works. Again, do you hear me clearly that he never said to Zacchaeus, "Zacchaeus, you got to give up everything." He said it to the rich man because he knew that the rich man would what? Would choose what he choose. But in a true sense of righteousness, in a true sense of responding to Christ, because there's been a transformation in your heart, would have loved to heard the conversation. That's the backstory between these two, in the house. But look at what. Look at what Zacchaeus says. I'm willing to lose it all that I might gain. Exactly what Christ promised. What? Multiple times over, grace upon grace. In this time and in the time to come. That's what a follower of Jesus is willing to sacrifice your temporary treasures in order that you may gain godly gain. Godly righteousness. This is is what it means to be a follower. And for you and I, when it comes to this idea of discipleship, this is what we're moving towards. We create opportunities for come and see. I'm not saying you have to drive through a Starbucks line. But if you are, maybe you can shine a little light. Maybe at the grocery store. Maybe with your neighbors. Maybe bringing people to church the third Sunday of every month. Or every Sunday of every month. Maybe inviting people into your homes and just sharing. Maybe sitting down on your lunch break and asking somebody how you can pray for them. You know, you look around and you observe and you see people struggling. You come alongside them and say, what can I do for you? And you just come in and it's come and see. But then you don't stop there. And see, when you meet Jesus, you're faced with a choice. And it's a challenging choice. A tough choice made into a rewarding choice. Right? That's what it means to follow. Zacchaeus did it. And do you think he complained that he lost half of his material wealth? More and more? No. There was a heart of joy, a heart of excitement because he knew what he gained was grace upon grace upon grace. Unlimited grace is what Jesus was talking about. Grace where he will supply your needs, he will use you, he will build through you. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but it's an impossible choice. It is a faith choice. It is one that requires you to lose something, your control, your desires, in order that you might give up. I was talking with someone who was working in children's ministries. They pray with me on Sunday mornings. And they said, I really wish I could be in the service today. I said, that's the sermon. You gave up what you wanted in order that you might encourage others in Christ. There's a beauty to that. I said, so you don't need the sermon. You already get it. You're practicing it. And now they really want to know what the sermon's all about. See, that's a sales technique. And then what did Jesus say ultimately when we talk about grace upon grace? Is that you receive those things. God will do things. Jesus will work in your life and provide for you. And it's just an incredible, incredible life that's built that way. It's unlimited. But more importantly, what does He say to Zacchaeus' response? When he sees the change because of a tough choice results in a reward. And what was that reward? He says, today salvation has entered this house. Brothers, sisters, you have a choice today. Number one, you have to wrestle with, I have to wrestle with, am I just a consumer Christian? Am I a consumer Christian? Would I get to this list of Jesus and, and throw it all out and say, hey, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this? And Jesus may have one little thing that He wants you to do, you say, uh-uh, I'm not willing to lose that. And maybe you're walking away sad. But if today you want to know that you are a follower of Christ, so that you are receiving grace upon grace, and that salvation has come into your house, and He is the one that is your choice, not yourself, today, That is the choice that you have to wrestle with. And you have a section in your sermon notes where you can write down what your choices are. I'm going to close in prayer right now, and I'm going to encourage you to reflect on your choice. Many of you in this room today are followers of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you have yet to make that choice. And we're going to give you that opportunity between you and the Lord this morning. To make that choice. It's a faith choice. It does require that you're willing to give up whatever Christ asks you to give up. I don't know what he's going to ask you to give up, but I was willing to give up other things that, that I thought I might be going. I thought I was going to be Jason Bourne. That was my dream in high school. And it just didn't work out. That's not what God had for me. I mean, I've got his body. I've got his looks. I've got all that. I actually heard some moans in there. Not laughter, but moans. Oh, I gave all that up so that I could be here with you today. But you know, my prayer this morning and my prayer last night as I sat right where Carl's sitting, last night, or this morning at, at about 12.30 in the morning and I was praying over you, I just said, Lord, thank You that this is what I get to do. I get to bring the truth. I get to help share Your voice with these people today. Let's pray. Father, we come to You with deep understanding and longing. And I pray, dear God, that today we don't have any rich rulers walk out of this building. We have laid out the choice. What it means to follow You. We have seen what Peter said in Scripture that we gave up those things that we might follow You. Look at what we've done and what was Your Son's response, Father. It was... And you will receive grace upon grace multiplied many times in this life and in the next. Father, let us wrestle with what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Father, I feel compelled right now to just simply pray over the congregation that if there is anyone here that they have wrestled, they have examined their life, and they say, I have come up short. I am just a come and see kind of person. Those are the choices I've made. I'm holding back. But I hear the voice of God calling me to more. I hear the voice of God saying, come, follow me. I know that it's an odd choice. I know that it's an impossible choice. But, Father, if anyone is hearing that voice now, saying, come and follow me, then it has been created to be possible, not impossible. Now it's simply a faith choice. And will we give up our envelope for something greater? For something greater? Father, if you are speaking to anyone in the room on that level today, let them know that it is simply taking that step into the unknown to just commit their heart to You, recognize that they have sin in their life and they are desperately lost without You, and recognizing that Your Son died on the cross to pay all that penalty so that we don't have to. And it's faith in that and relinquishing our agenda, our will for Your will. And then the impossible has happened. And that we daily choose to follow You. Speak. Let the people choose. This morning I'm going to ask, and keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, this morning I'm going to ask if anybody made that choice, I want to be able to pray with you, and I want to be able to take the next steps with you, because it's not enough just to make that choice. I mean, it is for salvation, but there's discipleship that needs to happen. There's the next steps that you you need to follow through with. I'm going to ask if anybody made that choice today to truly be a follower of Christ, to give up your riches for His riches. Just look up at me so I can see you eye to eye. If that's you today, amen. Amen. That's because you responded to the voice of God. Anybody else? Praise God. Father, today we praise You for Your work, for the voice of Christ reaching out. Let there be continued work let us take this message about what it means to follow your son and let us take it to the masses lord we thank you for the gifts that the people have brought today bless them for that let them give joyfully and multiply that for your glory in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen